You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. You've been up about 24 hours, right? About? Uh, what time is it? It's about... Uh, it's actually early for the podcast. It's um, 10 to 8 at night on uh, July the 3rd. Well, that makes uh, 30 hours then. So uh, if you uh, fall asleep, <laughs> if you hear Z's coming from one side of the microphone, you'll know what it is. I won't fall asleep. I, I could if I stopped talking for about two minutes. I could sit here and just doze off. But I'll keep wiggling my foot and pumping my blood at work. If I, get, I work nights, if everyone doesn't know. I pump my arms around and like walk around and do some like weird stretching. And that actually gives you some energy, so... I'll keep doing that. If you hear me sound like, <laughs> that's because I'm trying to perk myself up. So, uh, but it's so worth it for the podcast. Correct. <laughs> so um, it is Sunday, July the 3rd. Happy Independence Day, everybody, for tomorrow. Um, and if you're British, happy mm. nothing. <laughs> happy <laughs> getting rid of us. Happy, you know, happy being defeated by the evil Americans. You weren't really defeated. We didn't well, take we, over. We anything. scampered off home. Just, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, happy that. So, uh, yeah, um, we should play like patriotic music at the beginning of the show, maybe. like <laughs> What's American <patriot>? Dad. <laughs> yeah, intro to American Dad. So uh, it's Sunday, July the third. Sunday, July the twenty third, two thousand and eleven. This is after the show number. What did you say? Sunday, July twenty third. The third. Oh. Right. Sunday, July the 3rd, 2011. This is after the show number 179. The movie we're looking at this week is Sucker Punch, the extended cut on Blu-ray. This is a 2011 movie released on Blu-ray on the 28th of uh, June, which was this Tuesday. Well, the Tuesday just gone. It's a Blu-ray release. It's rated... uh, Actually, interesting. This Blu-ray comes with the theatrical cut and the extended cut. The theatrical cut is a PG-13. The... Extended Cut is an R-rated. We watched the Extended Cut. The tagline for this movie, and I think it's quite a good tagline, is... Speaking of taglines. You will be unprepared. Which I think is a good tagline. That's a good one. Um, It's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and you are going to give us the synopsis of this fine movie. With my eyes closed? Um, Synopsis. Oh, it's a hard one because it is a... Actually. It's an... Kind of a psychological adventure action about a young woman. Okay, yeah, about a young woman against um, a man's world. Kind of theme. Well, it's a hard it, one. It's really, it's really hard to because uh, it's got a lot of dimensions to it. It's like trying to explain Inception. In a, in a quick brief. I think Inception's easy. Well, but... If you were trying to... There's a lot to it. You can give it a... You can give it a tagline or... But that's or a, the smoke and mirrors of it. Inception yeah. isn't about all the stuff. What I mean is you can give it a... You can give it a brief tagline. But it doesn't... doesn't even start to... Tell you what the film's about. You mean wh- how the film is, but yeah. not what it's about. It's about a very simple You will be concept. unprepared is actually a good tagline. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't There's know. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of um, 
it's it's a hopeful movie though. If we're gonna go on to talk about, it. it's like a hopeful as in, oh, we on the movie. You have the power in your life, basically. And Only you, actually. No, because you're getting also the mm. concept of someone there at the right moment and the right time who is your, like your guardian angel person or your help, like the why the advice that you get in the spur of the moment that actually like saves you or pushes you in the right direction so oh oh fireworks <laughs> they might not be able to wear those on the microphone yeah. um so yeah the movie itself um i love this movie love it it's like if, uh, did we watch that um, you're like in movie heaven did we I watch think. scott pilgrim last year that was this year no it was last year because i had it in my top five of last year oh right yeah this is instantly in my top five of this year what I've seen so far. That's a big far. statement. Well, I've seen Halfway what we've seen so year. far. I can tell you, it's instantly is. Um, I, I knew last week, uh, I like Zack Snyder's work. I've liked everything he's done. Literally everything. And I was excited to see something that was not something already. Him just doing right. something of his own, his own thing. And I think it really paid so off. So this was not a book or a graphic novel Nothing, or a card just his own comic. idea. Yeah. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. And yeah, it's it's like a if you're a somebody like me who's who likes a bit of everything like video games, graphic novels, you know, books, um fantasy stuff, um anime, Movie, movies, movies. <laughs> it's a mishmash of all of that. It really is. But with a with Zack Snyder's touch on top of it, like cuz he does have a visual thing that Watchmen had and this also has he does kind of have his finger on the slow-mo button he does and he mentions that in an interview i read with him about how he he has to stop himself sometimes because he loves it he loves slow-mo like you can tell that it's meant to emphasize and dramatize obviously that's what it's always for but he has that syndrome of him himself, I think, as he's watching, and he wants an audience person to sit there, and the music pumps up, and the slow motion kicks in, and you see the intensity on the character's face, or you see the hair blowing in the wind, and the weapon up close in the hand, and you feel that heart, that like, like the hero moment, but he does it over and over and over, where sometimes it's really effective, and it, it's only for effect. It doesn't... It's not... You just have to get used to it and say, that's the style of this movie. Don't... Don't read anything else into it. You know, he's not trying to be clever with it. It just is a visually stimulating way to do it. We should explain what this... The Well, we said about... Should we... What can we say about this movie? I said it. Without spoiling it. The girl on an adventure to... Um, I mean, can we mention where it takes place? I don't think... I don't know. That's up to you. Well, all right. Let's just go into spoiler territory if you... Oh, so boring. Okay. Well, it's hard to... If you listen to it back and we don't talk about... It's just not interesting because we're not saying anything. We're just skirting around the whole thing, right? So we're not boring. We need (laughs) to be not boring, right? Right. Because if you're listening to it and somebody's going, yeah, there's this thing and there's the, oh, I don't want to say anything else. And it's not, nothing to listen to, right? So, all right, spoiler territory. So, what happens at the beginning? I mean, how do the end, where does it take place you and why? Just tell the whole story? No. Tell the part that I just said. <laughs> the beginning. 
Because we want to know how they end up in where they are, and and they want to talk about the right. Well, I would just say that this girl has very traumatic. She's not a girl. She's twenty years old. Has a very traumatic way of becoming an orphan. Basically, she's alone in the world now, and now she has to face being sort of tucked away, and so that she is no threat to anybody or whatever. And that's what I would. I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not you. So you say what you want. <laughs> you know, uh, because I have a hard time when I don't like to do the thing that I don't want people to do to me. So if well, you I'm do assuming it, when we said like they can go, sure, sure. I mean, we, you know, and it's saying? your show, man. Say what you want. I'm just saying I don't want to be the one to do it. What I'm saying is they can. Uh, we just said spoil. All right, so she's <laughs> in a mental institution slash cat house. Right. Um, this is where the. Style of the movie kicks in. So yeah. You don't, you know, it's hard to explain that part. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to explain, but it makes complete sense when you watch it. Um, and then it turns into a heist movie of sorts. Of sorts, yeah. Similar to how Inception is a heist movie of the mind. This is also a heist movie of the mind, in a way. Yeah. Um, which I love, and you know. layers and layers. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so... And then the fantasy elements. See, that's the best part of this movie. Because it is uh, takes place in the mind, mostly. Like in somebody's imagination. Yeah. You can do what you want with it, right? Now, you, some people might say, well, all he did was fight scenes. Well, they're more than fight scenes. Because there's four... Is it four or five? Four. I think there's just four, yeah. One's her, basically, like her is initiation, isn't it? Four items to get. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so there are five, yeah. No, they didn't get to the key part. No, they didn't. Well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one's a, like, training thing, and then where she gets a weapon. To me, that was the best one, except I love the big robot in the one section, but the first part where she, it's explained to you very quickly and very in your face that this is not, you have to throw out of your mind. I think a video gamer understands it more, where someone gets picked up and thrown half a mile into the side of a brick building. It's and like just, watching a live-action anime. Yeah, they just... Well, no, like a video game to me. They yeah. just jump back up. They're not hurt or anything, and you just have to go with it and realize that's that's what I loved about it. It's like the battle of the almost undestroyable... Not immortal or anything like that, but I mean in that moment, because it is a... Like a mind-driven thing, you you have to go there with it, and, and it's mind over matter for her whether she can defeat these or get these pieces. Oh, we're we talking the Matrix now too. Kind of, it's <laughs> kind of. A, I mean, it's yeah, it's a psychological uh, story, isn't right. it? I mean, and that's why I love it because it takes place in the mind, and he literally, if he wants a dragon, then a dragon can come. Right? Exactly. It's, it's not like you have to be compounded by anything. Exactly. Just, so you have these amazing set pieces that happen every so often when she dances. Interestingly enough, you never really see her dance. That's what I like about it's, that. Hypnotizing shoulder movements. She starts to dance and then... We... Women's power over men. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, people's... Oh, do we skip over the man power over women there? Just there's that too. innocently? Yeah. <laughs> that too? That's what it's all about, man. Well, it's about both ways. About oppression. Yeah. Of being oppressed by the man. That's about both. It's about both ways. It's about how they can fight back by tricking the men. Yeah. And how men are easily tricked 
in that way sexually. And how men are assholes. Um, yeah, men. You are, even said it in the first. Even in, even in the first. It's twenty minutes, good. You All said, men. You said the men are made up every to look man like in this movie in this. is kind of disgusting, kind of slimy, and obviously the chef like really disgusting. Either overly charming and, and or horrible. really disgusting. Well, if, even if they're overly charming, it's a disgusting way of being. Yeah, like you, you know that it's not. Real. The high roller is, and even yeah. the main guy who runs the place. I mean, I said he's the best. Everybody, the orderlies, the whole thing. Everybody who's a man is just not. The bad. orderlies kind of skirt wanting to be good, yeah. But then they don't. They yeah. just kind of fall for it too. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here when you're saying that a man-dominated world oppresses women. Because yes, it does. And, and in you this know, movie, it's, and this yeah. movie is the women rising up and. But not rising up in a like a revolutionary way, just their own thing. Their own thing. They want freedom from it, and obviously that's a parallel in life. If you want to be free of like the shackles of the troubles of your life, you have to take control. That's really that would boil it down. And it's just a slapped on top of that is this very fantastical, um powerful lots of like Power in this. One of the things I like about Bourne movies and about Charlie's Angels, the original, I don't know why that always stands out to me, but the fights. Right. When someone slams oh, against mean- a wall or slams into the ground, I mean, it's like you feel it. It's real vis- like You're they not do talking something. about the TV show of Charlie's Angels. No, like no, the-, the movie. Right, right. The, the how they do the sound and the, the camera work on it, and this has a lot of that too, where you're just like, oh, jeez, like boom, banging into the floor, or oh, it's like, well, actually, one part she gets thrown and she slides and the gravel and the brick all break up yeah. because she's sliding into well, that, it. And I just felt like, holy crap. That stuff reminds me of an anime where it, where it's like literally... See, that reminds me of something like Mortal Kombat or something. I mean, and she was um, she had to, like, almost a Sailor Moon outfit. You know, the Japanese Pretty close, yeah. Know? I mean, it was play into a man's... Obviously, animes and stuff are a man's fantasy of women and women powerful and fighting and sexy at the same exactly time. Zack is observant. Yeah. I mean, they're all the right things to... Titillate you. And, yeah, not just titillate you. It's, it's um, Because I think girls can get behind these characters, too, because they, while they're overtly sexual, etc., because of the situation they're thrust into, they're also, you know, super heroines, like, you know? They, mm-hmm. I mean, they fight the um, way... In well, the fantasy world. Yeah. And That's no, what I mean, in a fantasy, in a fantasy of- world. Woman power, women would not, not that you're going to dress like Sailor Moon. And Are you talking about feminists and stuff would get behind this? No, they wouldn't. No, I'm not feminists. I just mean feminists wouldn't I mean, like it at all. People who do that pretentious, superficial girl power, yeah, they would get behind it. But no, it's not really about. I don't mean feminists. Women. I mean um, girls who like a cool movie like this, like to see girls kicking some ass, like girls actually being the, you know. Heroes. I mean, but let's be, let's be really honest here. They're still dressed and they still got big tits and naked bellies and oh, tight they clothes. they big tits, to be honest. Yeah, of course they do. They're all well endowed. They're all well built. They're all scantily clad. So it's a, it's like there's one couple moments when a woman has like a machine gun and she's rattling it off and then she's in her high heel. All of them wear high heels the whole time. Because And I'm thinking, this is like, you know... <laughs> the the twist of it is, it's almost like a man's fantasy movie, and yet 
it slams men every opportunity. So it's kind of a funny little play outside the movie that's, as well. As that's one of the reasons I liked it. It wasn't just like a, like a, a bloke going, all right, got to have women, stockings, high heels, sexy dresses, machine guns, what else? Big pieces of machinery they operate to kill people. All these fantasies, like, it wasn't just that because the message behind it was something completely opposite. And that's yeah. where the... That's where it yeah, yeah. is good, I think. I don't know, you know, I don't know whether that was intentional or like they sat down or it just became that. I don't know, you know. But um, I really liked it. I it's it's it's, it's an insane. You've I, you've never seen anything like it, right? And here's you. You've grown more to clapping at the end of most movies, whereas you used to reserve that for your very favorite ones, but now you clap more often. And at this one, you clapped at the end of every big set piece. So that was, that was quite, You're just like, yeah, that was really good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get this big power, a big, huge action, and then zoom, you're back in the weirdness of the... And it's, it's one of those that when it started, kind of like Watchmen... It's reality, you know, the reality-based portions, but it's tweaked in that weird, um, real severe, like the the guards at the place at the mental institution are really sleazy and gross. Tell me and, okay, the, almost. and the women have this real severe hair, like Nurse Ratchet, and they're they're real straight and severe, and then when they move, they're kind of like robots almost, and it makes it like Alice in Wonderland weirdness where... A kid would be like, "Holy shit! I never want to go to a mental institution. Yeah. It's horrible." You know, like like it plays up that whole creepy. That's factor. that's the Zack Snyder. He has that dark. Watchmen has it the entire time. It's like a dark vibe to things, like gloomy. Gloomy, yes. Um, and then the weird thing is that hopefulness is that little seed of like. But if in you, a world of, and I even there are a couple lines that even allude to the fact that the world is just a a, a really hard place to be. It's a it's a wretched place. Like the world is life is hard, and yet he has these little comments here and there that make it like, yeah, but you make life what you want. You make it better, and I just I feel like that's a. I don't know how I can see why people wouldn't like the in your face constant boom boom boom. boom. But overall, I think it's kind of... I think it really I would worked. recommend it to quite a few people. In fact, I'd recommend it to my mother in a weird way. It's like a... It's like a bit of everything. That's what I was feeling when I was watching it. It isn't yeah. just an action movie, because it's got this drama centered around these girls in this horrible situation, with these interesting characters. It's got musical numbers. There's not much comedy. So there's not No, it's got a musical number, though, hasn't it? Like, uh, in this extended cut, there's an interesting musical number, too. I mean, it sets up... This main guy and this lady who also... Sin is City lady. Yeah. Um, it's not a musical number like Clerks 2 or at the end no, of it's a, mil- Slumdog it's a Millionaire. Moulin Rouge job, or Magnalia where everyone's involved. It's like in a Moulin Rouge, like a stage show. like a Right. Yeah. You know, it's full on like um, burlesque They're performing show. their song and then in the front of that we see some scenes that tell us a little more of the story. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it has a bit of everything. It has, and then it has... You know, sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she gets in that thing, and then all that. Yeah. You know, because you're like in World like War Two kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It has medieval awesome. fantasy. As um, I said, else? it's like a man's wet dream almost. Yeah, it has samurais and um, 
what are those things? Huge, those big statue dudes that she fights, like big colossus kind of things. Yeah, but you know, with that nose, like they're mm-hmm. they're a traditional Japanese. They were the giant thing. samurai. Yeah, it has a bit of all kinds of things mishmashed together. And usually, when you say that, oh, it's got all these things, it wouldn't work. But it does work because the story is. And I was wasn't bored of the story. Like, oh no, I was no. thinking. Oh, you know, I'm obviously going to like these action scenes after I saw the first one, and I understood that this was set up like we were going into these action sequences to get these pieces, right. this heist. After the first one, I was sold. I was like, yeah, all these action sequences are going to be badass. But if that was all that was badass and the rest of it didn't was kind of dry or boring, I don't think it would have worked. But I was invested in the, oh, in very. the place. Like. In fact, as it got nearer... You know, pat, a little past the middle and further on. And as tired as I am, to be honest with you, the fight scenes wore on me a bit. And I'd get like, okay, okay, I get it. They're cool and they they fight really cool. And I did like it, but after, like like I said, six, seven, eight minutes, I'd get a little bit, like, worn out from it. And then they would come back to the drama. And that kick, that really got more and more complex. Yeah. Especially the scenes. I mean, we'll get to the cast, but the... A couple of the scenes where the dude was intimidating the chick. Oh my god, I was just like riveted, you know. And then I was like, "What are they going to do next?" And so I feel like it was. And a special. I have to mention a special thing. All the CG in this movie is freaking amazing. I mean, the this shit going on that <laughs> with the dragons, for instance, or any of these battle scenes, the four main battle scenes. So like it was a bit dark sometimes. I couldn't tell what was going on all the time. I thought it was stunning um, CG work. It was... Um, well, stunning is like I Avatar. mean, none of this stuff exists. Like, Avatar is, like, bold and bright, and everything's very distinctive and clear, and in this, yeah, but there's this was a lot a, of... this was a, a, a darker world. Like I it know, but a... it's... Uh, I mean, it's a darker world, but you could have it crisper, clearer, like, as in, like, get rid of some of the fog and stuff sometimes. I just couldn't always see that's what was the, going that's on. That's partially what I liked about it, the fact that it didn't look pristine and... It looked like a grimy, like a grimy version of World War Two with like weird. Oh, I don't mean the things themselves. I mean the actual image because so much stuff was moving so fast a lot that it had that sort of blur, a little bit too soft focus occasionally for me. I thought it literally was stunning. Showcase for Blu-ray, absolutely. It's oh, like, I disagree. Um, and on a whole, I mean, it's very got some good stuff. But. Uh, stuff like um. I don't think I've seen as interesting CG for a while. Like, just the choreography of it, mm-hmm. how it looks, what appears, you don't expect this, you don't expect that, you know? And then, we watched a trailer for the new Batman video game, and, you know, Batman, the new Batman video game, the graphics are at the top end of video game graphics. And when I was looking at it, and we just watched Sucker Punch, I was mm-hmm. like... We are really a long way away from, in video game terms, from the movies. When people say, you hear it a lot, oh, this movie's just like a Pixar, this game is just like a Pixar. Oh, right, right. We know it's it's so night and day, the... Um, sure. How far off we are from these worlds that they create the in movies. The style and the... Yeah. the just the, the fidelity. I know, they're very complex, though. Video game detail. Very detailed. They are, but it's... It's so far away from And they got, when that, the, it wasn't the, it wasn't the Joker. It was some other clown guy who was carrying the bazooka thing on his shoulder. And the way he was walking was, it looked brilliant. It is, from but the it's, video game. That's the video game. We're yeah. a little off topic, but still. 
Um, I was just thinking, though, of watching this. There were a know. couple of moments of not perfect movement of the samurai in this one. Now, I attribute that to the fact that I felt like it was trying to emulate the video, video game thing, so I kind of chalked it up to that. But I didn't have any problem with any of it. thought it looked fantastic. Uh, special mention also should be made to the soundtrack and the sound of this movie. It sounds really good. Like, real, um, really, ooh, right in your, yeah, right in your head. Yeah, fantastic surround sound during these battles. That's what I'm talking about, showcase for Blu-ray. It's like, everything's coming at you from every angle. When they're in this part where they're shooting these clockwork men and steam squirting out of them mm-hmm. when they kill them, they, it's coming from behind you, in front of you, it's all over the place. There's planes flying around That's in the air. That's one of my favourite parts of the A whole Zeppelin thing. flying by. Um, that looks so cool. One of my favourite ones was on the train where they bust into the carriage and all the um, robots were there. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And it was this weird, like, shoot 'em up but, like, close-range shoot 'em up with, like, slow-motion bullets and... And their heads, like, crack and cracking. break, like, sugar glass, you know? Yeah, like, movie really, glass. really nuts. Like, They're, I, like, iRobot robots, but not quite. They're sort of, like, androidy looking And every single action like just a reload of the gun was like a panning shot or a zooming right in on people it was see maybe that's why i get a little bit it kind of um you know that effect of diminishing returns where in the first 30 seconds one minute two minutes i'm just like whoa 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 awesome 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 okay okay i get it they're flipping they're flying they're uh, uh, i get it i get it you know so i unless something really major happens like when the mech thing shows up i was like what the hell? This is supposed to be like World War Two era esque. Obviously, it wasn't. But and then she gets in this high tech giant robot thing, and then she just zoom takes off into the sky. Then I was like, woke up and I was like, holy crap! And then when she gets pissed and flies up and starts just like blowing up all the airplanes and stuff, it's awesome. You know, and the soundtrack is really awesome. You know, they use a different song for each uh, action sequence, and there's like Alice, you know, and it's. Ask Alice, which you've heard in mm-hmm. lots of movies, Vietnam films especially, but um, their unique take on songs, and uh, sung by the actresses themselves, actually. In it's all very moody. Yeah. That's what I think. Very moody, very melodramatic, and very brooding. Um, I think I'm a punk, but I might be a goth, but I might be just a tormented soul, and life is so difficult. And, and there's like the opening scene where she's singing the Eurythmic Sweet Dreams, yeah. and I think that's a fantastic opening scene. It so, so, so sets the mood, from yep. the opening scene to where they write Sucker Punch in the glass of Oh the yeah, car. that was really cool. You know? Just that whole opening. The rainwater going down the side yeah. of the window just spells out Sucker Punch. And you know... <laughs> We're pretty much telling the whole thing here, but and not really. You know, uh, all, oh, the Smiths. The, there's a Smith song <laughs> sung by her, um, Asleep. You sing love the Smiths. Um, yeah, it's... it's the a, Queen? Yeah, a remix of a, uh, Brian May. That was really good. I yeah, like that. Brian May redid it with this rap artist. I like that. Um, but I like Queen. They're my top three. So, yeah, it's got a fantastic soundtrack, um, which really fits it. If it didn't have that soundtrack, it would be less effective. Because the way... The Alice song, especially... I forget who that's by. Is it like Jefferson Airplane mm-hmm. or somebody? Yeah. Well, Grace Jones. Grace. Not Grace Slick. If you've seen a Vietnam film, you'll have heard it. No, I don't know. But anyway, that song, the way it builds, it's got this. You mean Glass Gallows? Yeah. It's got this. It's a modern take on it. So it's got this, like, bass line, and it's real. Th- like a throbbing. 
and and they use the intro of it that's really long to set mm-hmm. the scene, and then they go in and the the guy, the wise man, gives them the mission and stuff while it's playing, and then when the mission starts, they just like amp the music up like really loud. But it's got a bit of a, a tang to it. Yeah, like and a- it works like it just makes. The action ever, you know, I've said to you before, like, it, music's a hell of a thing in movies. If sure. you can use it right, Tarantino does it. If you use it in the right moments, it works, doesn't it, you know? So I think it's interesting when you think about how he's got music we're all familiar with, but had it redone um, for Social Network. That was music, one of the songs existed, obviously, for the Robo thing that he reworked, but the rest of it was all original. Yeah. And a whole another, you know, all young men doing the writing, the directing, and the music. Relatively young. I don't know how tra- old Trent Reznor is. Forties, I'm assuming. Finch is not. And then this, yeah, true. And then <laughs> this is like a young man and his take on using music. And then, um, what's another one that? Tarantino. True, but he uses music that exists he, and just lays. He saw on films top. with cool music and remembered that music somehow from some really obscure movie and then fits it into his movie and you watch it and you're like, oh my God, I, I don't think... I don't feel like that's very creative, though. To be honest with you, I think taking music and reworking it for your movie, but just taking music that was in somebody else's movie and was already made, I don't know. Don't you know, like Kill Bill, most, yeah. of, most of Kill Bill's soundtrack, in fact, like 90% of it, is music from westerns, that, spaghetti westerns that already exist. Not even reworked, just straight right. up. Samurai movies and spaghetti western music just insert. But you're not familiar with True. those movies, so it's new to you. It has a power of fullness. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because Tarantino's probably like, well, that's the best piece of music I've ever heard for a western. But I bet nobody's seen this movie. It's so obscure. So, so I'm just gonna steal it. Yeah, I'll put it in mind. <laughs> not steal it, but um, Quentin Tarantino makes movies of found objects, and I, I think he doesn't. Who doesn't? But still, um, Sucker Punch is. Not found objects, but ideas of... Obviously, you know what Zack Snyder's into. You've seen his last two movies. He's into pop culture stuff, right? Like, all, everything. Like a mixture. But kind of deep. That's where this works, because the story, the overall, like... Like, if, if all the special effects and the whiz-bang stuff is the centre of the egg, and the story's the shell of it, it sticks together, you know what I mean? It's all coherent and... Keeps you interested, like I say, you know. How about last week? Red Riding Hood had nothing, right? Nothing. Right. To the music was not it had good. The, the, it had the potential of a great idea to take the story. I mean, it had of a Red great Riding story. Hood, the, it's of Red Little Red Riding Hood, right? Pretty simple uh, cautionary tale, but you could add so you could make it this kind of weird. But it, then every single element of it didn't. Didn't it? It was a cracked egg. And interestingly, <laughs> how much I've said I love this, love this movie, I, I I can't highly recommend it enough. The critics hated it on that Rotten Tomatoes site. It's like really got low ratings by the critics, but there again, the viewers, where you have that two sides of the story on that site. Yeah. The critics were like, hated it, and the viewers like, were... Yeah, because it's like The Matrix, right? We all ooh and all over it. But people who are more intellectual and snotty, well, they just are going to pick it apart because it's like, oh, I think that's why Inception won on both sides of the fence because the critics loved it and also the audience because it's intellectual enough 
for the critics not to think, oh, I'm not, I'm not giving a, a, a um, good score to something dumb. Uh, and like, uh, Matrix isn't dumb though. No, I'm, I'm talking about Inception. Because Inception feels. I mean, it, it I don't feels, know where else that idea would have come from. It seems pretty. It's an idea of plant, you know, the idea that we can that ideas are in our mind. But the way so it's fragile. told, it's... yeah, the way it's told is nothing you've ever seen before. No. To me, I mean, maybe it is. No. Um, I've been watching a lot of Twilight Zone lately, and I'm telling you now, all these filmmakers who've been making movies over the last forty or fifty years, and television people, they're seriously, I'm saying a high percentage are very influenced by, directly influenced by stuff that was on the Twilight Zone, so... I actually think... I don't know if anything from Inception was, but... I was going to say that I think the way Sucker Punch is told is like nothing I've seen told this way. I mean, it's told in a really... That might be why the critics didn't like it as much, because it's... Yeah, it doesn't follow It asks a bit from you. As an audience member. It asks you to go on this ride. With, you will be unprepared, that tagline. It asks you to, you know, understand a few things. And if you look quickly. at it really superficially, it's a bunch of hot chicks in tight underpants and high heels with machine guns. Now, now honestly, you, you're blinded by your Superficially, if you don't. Look no, at I'm that saying, story. No, I'm saying some people would watch it and they'd be blinded by that, just like you're blinded by your love of it. They would be like every time these girls are gonna come, women come on the screen, and they've got a, you know, the the topic is Bardello, or the topic is them looking sexy or dancing sexy. They're gonna roll their eyes and go, "Oh God, how much lower common denominator can we get?" You know that kind of thing, and then that knocks out the argument for a good story, then they would say, fine, tell the good story without the tits and ass. You right. know what I mean? So I can see why critics would be like, you know, plus, I don't, I do know some people will be really confused by it. Just like Inception. I know a couple of people are like, it was stupid, I didn't get it. I think they would watch this and, and be even a little bit confused. I think similar, it's just, if you'll, you know, if you, you dig movies like Inception it. and The Matrix, yeah. <laughs> you will dig Sucker Punch. Because it's more... It's it's a. I wouldn't say that, but I go. I know. Well, what you're uh, it's that kind of thinker kind of. Mo- you have to think of it on a different. There's more to it than the tits and ass thing. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, there's no nudity in this movie. No. I mean, there's girls in sexy outfits, but yep. it's not blatantly, you know. In this day and age, some people would say, "Why do we still have to women have women in sexy outfits?" And that's part of the theme of the movie: women being oppressed. And used for that, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, actually, when you see a poster of like baby doll in a sexy outfit fighting on the front, and you might think, "Oh, what's all this sexy outfit all about?" It's just to sell the movie. But that doesn't actually make her look like overtly sexy or anything. It's not like you know. What I mean, you can see the high heel a little bit. You can see the boobies. I think they've enlarged her breasts there on the cover. <laughs> Must have been a guy, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that isn't a bad cover. That's all right. It reminds me of... Um, I don't like that they put that samurai guy back there because that wasn't a... a I mean, it's a... No. You know. That's not the movie poster. I the movie like poster has all four of the girls. Women, off. yeah. Um, that is just a special... But uh, the Sucker Punch logo reminds me of the... Um, Harry pin, Potter? Pin-up girls on the side of um, World War Two planes. In, oh, yeah. In the, where they write, like, Mary Beth or whatever. Yeah. In the, so that's what they're trying to get. You know, and there is a lot of pin-up girl-inspired look to this movie um, 
So yeah. Ooh, when they were putting on their makeup and they zoom in super close yeah. on the lips, I love that. That was so awesome. And that scene, if, like you, the, if you saw the theatrical cut, you never saw that part. Oh, that was really good. I'm intrigued by that kind of zoom in on stuff. So, um, moving on to the cast, we've got Emily Browning Holy who plays... Shit, look how many people you put on there. <laughs> yeah, Emily Browning plays Baby Doll, who um, is the heroine. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, Leaving lady, we'll say. Yeah, I think she played it really well. I don't really know her. She's an Australian actress. Yeah. Um, but the characters it's interesting character mm-hmm. and like they like I said it's on the trivia of that she doesn't speak for 22 minutes of the movie even though she appears in the first 22 minutes of the movie almost the entire time if not the entire time so you never would have noticed that if someone had pointed no but I'm saying it's interesting because I feel the, if it is 22 minutes when she speaks I already know her before she said anything right so, sure so because he, he tells it like a graphic novel you don't need the whole opening you do not need no speech. no dialogue because a lot of things happen, but they told like the pages of a novel. It's a movie, and some people say if you can't tell it visually, right? Now, I heard someone actually make the comment. I don't know if it was on a podcast or something you and I are watching. I don't remember, but somebody said, and it was a filmmaker. I'm making movies. If I have to exp- say things in dialogue, then I'm not a good writer. Yeah. No, I disagree with that completely. Well. I love dialogue. Well, obviously I love dialogue, but um, Zack Snyder's actually good at this, because think of the opening ten minutes of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. There's also no dialogue. There's just the Bob Dylan song, and he tells the entire backstory of the Watchmen. The old Watchmen. Remember, in that footage way, where they show the old 50s Watchmen, and he he tells a lot of stuff. Just like this. But let's be honest. What are we really waiting for? We've got the setup. We understand the gist of it. Now we want to hear people in interacting with each other, telling us some more about themselves, telling us more things, talking to each other. You can't just show me everything. I love dialogue. I'd have two people sitting in a room talking for a whole two hours. You know. I'm thinking 300 is probably the same. The introduction to 300 actually is. Cause 300 you, you, you know, that's yeah. all that. But 300 is really told like a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, so Emily Browning, like her? Yes, I did. I mean, she had a couple of moments where it was a little extra pouty, but then again, she's in a pretty shitty situation. So I don't chalk that up to acting. I chalk that up to her good acting because her character was not a happy girl, no. woman, happy woman. No, she's so young. It's I'm I'm 43. So anyone under 30, she's I'm 20. calling a girl now, not out of disrespect, <laughs> um, because if, if you're 18, you are a grown woman. However, to me, ugh. Then we've got Abby Cornish as Sweet Pea, and she, um, she is another good. Australian actress. She's um, the hard nut girl who, you know, but she was good. I liked her. At first I was thinking, like, she's going to be the one I don't like, but then I did like her. Oh, she reminds me of someone, but well, I can't really think of I was thinking she was going to be, like, the bitchy, horrible one, but then I grew to like her more once the scenes, yeah. uh, once the, yeah, yeah. you know, she started taking a place in the movie. When she started talking. <laughs> Jenna Malone as Rocket. She's the... Rocket's the sister. I like her. Yeah, she was good too. Um, A lot of these... She's the most natural. Her acting is... I'm convinced completely. Because the hard nut girl has to be a little too tough sometimes to be a believable person. Not that it's a reality kind of movie, but the Rocket character, the young lady, is... I'm... She's never overly dramatic. She's never 
overly in it. She just plays it like, you know, she's in it. In it totally. I really like her. I'd like to see her. And she's got this, like, even though she's in this, she's got this naive kind of look at things. A much more positive, yeah. Whereas uh, the other, um, the Sweet Pea girl is (laughs) completely the opposite way. Hardened. Been fucked up by it completely. And their sisters and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we've got Vanessa Hugens as Blondie. Um, mm. Pretty She neutral. doesn't really have a lot to do. No. And, I mean, she, she is cries. part of the action sequences a lot. Holding the machine gun. Uh, but literally in the actual... Yeah, and if you, that holding the machine gun part, that's not in the theatrical <laughs> cut either. So right. She's less so in the theatrical cut. And she doesn't have a lot of... No. Um, I mean, her character's pivotal at one point, but it could have been anybody. Yeah. Jamie Chung, who you will have seen in The Hangover, um, plays Amber. Yeah, I liked her. I really liked her, too. Um, she, too, she, as well as the other young lady, has this sort of natural... There's no actorliness about her. There's no acting school there. I don't see someone who's trained to be an actress or who's trying to overdo the part or who has to do that scene 50 times. Right. I feel like she just... She's real relaxed and natural and... You know, you see enough movies in life, you start noticing people who are... And everyone in this movie, I think, was really good. Like, I think so. Everyone. And we'll get to the... we got Carla um, Gringo as Dr. Vera Gorski. Uh, she's the lady from Sin City. We've seen her in something else. What was that recently? Boondock, Boondock Saints? No, it wasn't that. No, that was... That was... That was uh, Dexter wife. Yeah. <laughs> we saw her in something else, and I said to you who she, and you said Sin City. As soon yeah, as you yeah. mentioned Sin City, I, I know who she is. Um, oh god, I forget now. But yeah, I like her. Yeah, she was really. She has a little. She's playing a I mean, yeah, Polish she, accent, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I don't know how authentic it is, uh, and it doesn't matter it, to me. I don't think it's particularly authentic. But. I feel like it's sort of comic book Polish madam kind of yeah. person. But I love. I'm compelled by her, and she does the most. The best moments for her are the moments when she's reacting or trying to get something done, and her she her fate. She's really good at reacting to the other person that sounds kind of weird but i feel like she's i don't know i like her over and over and she dances and sings and everything. she does yeah we got uh, scott glenn as the wise man who's literally <laughs> this movie's morpheus <laughs> yeah he, he he um fits the, I, I really liked him a lot he's like the morgan freeman in bruce almighty yeah you know, he's the god the, character he's their mentor he helps them through the missions he gives them their briefings the guardian angel he dresses in some funny costumes. Sometimes. Yeah, he does. I love him when he's in that ca- when they're in the spe- the train one, and he's in the kind of with the sunglasses and the kind of rubbery <laughs> gloves and stuff. It's just funny looking, but like it fits the, yeah, the yeah. scene. So, but yeah, he's he, he's not in it a ton, but I loved it when he was in it. I, I mean, I was like, wow, he's. And he'd have advice. Oh, just one more thing, and he'd say something weird like, "Don't wake up your mother" or something yeah. like. And you're like, what? Who? What? Yeah, Zach? What are you talking about? He was good. So that's Scott Glenn as the uh, wise man. Um, we got Oscar Isaac, who plays a bad guy, Blue Jones. Oh, he's the bad guy? Yes. Oh my god, he was really good. You'll have seen him in Robin Hood, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood recently, and Body of Lies, which was also Ridley Scott, right? Um, but yeah. this one, he steals the show, man. Yeah, For real. He's, he's freaking scary. Oh, he's charming and handsome and all that stuff that you smush all together. And he makes the what I think... Aside from someone like Gary Oldman in Leon, where he's he's totally fucked up, and he's creepy, and he's menacing, and you... I mean, he's over-the-top crazed, right? Um, in this one, this guy is... 
He's got that composed. manipulative, like, he pulls her close and says something real biting and says, don't make me show you any harder than this kind of thing. And they're just, they go along with him. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. If you're a woman and you've ever watched some dude manipulate a woman, you, oh, he's I just good. had a similarity to somebody else. I hope he's not like that in real life. Um, Vincent Cassiel in Black Swan. He also pulls that off. Yes, where you feel like it. Like, and he's charming, but he's frightening. In a split second, he could just turn on you with his love-hate thing. Like, mm. I've made you need me, and now I'm going to crush you. That's exactly what... And this guy does it, like, yeah. amazing. In fact, that's what... I never even put that... But, yeah, no, it's right. like that. It's like a... They... When you are that kind of person in that kind of situation, like in Black Swan, power you dominate over everybody and swoons and worships you, but then you've got this extra. You're like puppets on a string. Yeah. They're like your oh yeah yeah, uh-huh. and he really does it in a way that makes me go like I, when he goes after like leans into him even in an unmenacing way, but you know he's about to say something that is going to scare the shit out of him. I mean, oh he's really and, good. He, and he because of his. Um, setting the scene of how he is through his actions mm. when he does need to be a bad guy it it super works because you're yes. like oh okay I'm convinced in the yeah. first scene that he's gonna be horrible and it the you know oh yeah yeah and then good. finally I've got John Hamm as High Roller mm-hmm. slash Doctor I love John Hamm and I yeah. thought he was fantastic in The Town which we watched uh, the beginning yes. of this year he was um, he's, a re- he's from Mad Men as well he's a just a really good character actor. I buy him, like, whoever he is. I buy him. <laughs> and that scene with him and her, I it's loved a, it's it. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it totally is. Ways to, and you, you, can, you, can, um, you can write it off as, like, fluffy dialogue and stuff. Like, he's being all, like, etherical, or I don't know what the word is. Like, etherical. Making that up. It's but almost like the architect scene in Matrix. Yes. He is tapping into some things about life that sound poetic and all that kind of shit. It's not, but... He's right about like this need thing, scene. like it was scary. honesty. Even though it wasn't supposed to. I mean, and then in the split second, you're back to the, and he's like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I mean, and I love that guy. I mean, I want to see more. I want to see him in a major role. You know, I love that guy. I'd like to see him in a. In the town, he was the, pretty major. Yeah, but the leading man. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was in. The, he was the partially in the town. He was one side of the story, but. Um, so, the town being Ben Affleck's movie that he wrote and directed. Which is amazing. Yes. If you've not seen it, see it. <laughs> um, directed by Zack Snyder. We mentioned what he did before. 300, Watchmen, and the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is one of my favorite remakes of horror, f- of horror films. And I don't generally like those remakes. I think he did a good job. It was good. Um, In fact, it, I think of it as a separate movie. I don't think of it as a remake at all. It just is what it, it is. It is a separate movie, because the, o- the only similarity really is it takes place in a mall, right? And it's zombies. Well, but his story the... isn't the same story. Yeah. It's not the same story. I mean, if you think about the original, mm. it's not that. The original's the original ends up quite farcical, remember? Yeah, exactly. Considering zombies. Yeah. Um, his doesn't. His is... I don't think he has much of a sense of humor, except dark sense of humor. But in the things as we're watching them, we don't see the, the humor, and I think he's thinking he's skirting the edge of humor sometimes with this dark, like, uncomfortable... Yeah. Human observational comedy. Now, this movie's not. A, there's no laughs. No. There's no giggles. Not none. <laughs> no, really, right? no, it's, no. Ma- it's made to be dark. I mean, yeah. it's made to be. There really is no laughs. It's a gloomy 
horrible place to be where the girl's at. I'll give him credit for this. In in the movies that we were talking about, that we've been talking about, that he's done, he's not a man who puts in the corny or the trying to be impactful one-liner bullshit. You mean like, this is Sparta! That? No. Uh, <laughs> like one-liners and like, like zap. I don't know how to put it. He doesn't do that. It, it's a He writes things well, you know, I think. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I think he's a visionary as in it's very different what he puts on the screen to what other people do. You know, I when he did Watchmen, 300, um, I like but don't love, right? I might have to revisit it to love it. Watchmen, pff, I was sold. I was like, yeah, this guy, I want to see other things he does because... Who can make something... I didn't expect Watchmen to look like that. The look he gave it was like what yeah. I wanted from it. That dark, whatever it is that he does to it. Um, you know what he's making next? His next movie? Man of Steel. It's the reboot of Superman. The new Superman movie. Can we not call it rebooting anymore? I I'm know excited. the world does. I'm but... excited because if he gives it the Zack Snyder touch, Superman... Because Superman is... About a light and airy movie, right? It's but always then has it'll been. just look like another Zack movie. So Zack. Well, I'd like to see his style. You know what Christopher Nolan did to Batman. Zack Snyder could put a make a Superman movie that's different from other Superman yeah. movies that we've seen. Every Superman movie we've seen, they're light and breezy and airy. Do you know what I mean? They're just comic books. They're that's not. That's what it is, though. Yeah, I'd like to see... I like the latest one, and I feel like it was true to the vibe of... I liked the latest sort one, Sort of too. The romantic view, but with that semi-darkness behind it. It was like um, um, an up-to-date version of the Christopher Reeve movies. That's really what it was. Yeah. It was kind of corny, and it was, but it also told the origin of Superman, right? I liked it. Not many people did, right? I don't I know why. Really don't know why. But anyway, Zack Snyder's doing... That's his next movie, Superman. Um, guaranteed or just in the room guaranteed it's it's in production Um, so Blu-ray features on this um, set I really like the cover by the way I would like a poster of that do you like the cover? Um, it's okay it's uh, one of these um, foil slip covers Um, I really like it It tell a quick story about the slip cover guy (laughs) no a guy on YouTube that I watched uh, said he doesn't like slip covers and he tore them all off his Blu-rays on the camera and then went and burned them in the uh, I love that man I (laughs) love that man because they're insanely wasteful and stupid I'm telling every movie company I don't care if you love them I don't care if they're the most treasured thing in your life I think they are I like insanely I know it's they're insane insane um but whoever makes slip covers out there if you're gonna (laughs) make a slip cover and you have to have one on a disc well, then do alternate artwork on the slip disc to the cover. Don't least. do the same. Yeah, <laughs> because then at least it'd be a collector's thing with some cool... In fact, Iron Man did it really well. Uh, Iron Man had the Iron Man face and shoulders mm. on the on the cover. And then when you opened it up, it was Tony Stark just in his shirt. And it fit like he... Right. Like he, like it was perfect, right? So, But they, they don't tend to do that. Nobody else tends to do it. Anyway, I like the Sucker Punch poster because it reminds me of a pin-up girl tattoo or something. Mm. You know? Um... So, extras on this disc. It's a three-disc set. It's interesting, really, because they didn't... They put the theatrical cut on one disc on its own with with a couple of extras. Now, those extras are um, the Sucker Punch animated shorts. There's four animated shorts. You could probably see them on the web, I'm assuming. Yeah, they on look YouTube like something like that. They kind of tell the origin story of the four set pieces in the movie. 
Kind of. But only kind of. It did give you kind a little of vague bit. to yeah. me. Oh, wow, look at that bruise on her leg. Well, they're essentially not more than a um, promotion for the movie, really. Yeah, exactly. Before. But if you do like the, but the motion, artwork is cool. motion comic type of deal. Um, and there's four of them. And then the other extra is Sucker Punch behind the soundtrack, which wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. <laughs> no, such an interesting soundtrack. It's him saying that he likes music and he got these people to write the special music and that was it. And they got the girls to sing the music because you yeah. better to sing it. Um, and then the big extra is the second disc is the extended cut of Sucker Punch, which is 17 minutes longer than the theatrical version. And we just saw a scene-by-scene comparison of what's different. And I have to tell you... If you saw it in the theatres and you were on the fence a little bit, these 17 minutes are actually... Oh, make a huge difference. Yeah, huge difference. The tone of the movie is totally different. It's a lot more menacing. Totally. And if you liked the action scene, there's a lot more of that. Filled in some some more moments with characters that you didn't maybe get enough of without it. Um, and then the big, big extra is the maximum movie mode, which Zack Snyder also did on Watchmen. So if you if you did watch Watchmen, <laughs> there's a maximum movie mode where he walks on as the movie starts and he walks into the frame every now and then, pauses the movie, tells you rewinds stuff. the movie, tells you Or you, you get stuff. like the option to go look at the picture gallery. Yeah, or it's, it's a full experience. Kevin Smith also did it on Cop Out, if you remember. It's a whole experience that's within the movie. I'm thinking about that now. That's funny. Because he doesn't talk highly of that movie and yet he went to He did a whole big thing, didn't he? Must have got a lot of this. Yeah. A lot of this and a lot of that. Cashola. So, um, yeah, and it says here, Zack Snyder hosts the over two hour um, expedition into Sucker Punch's worlds, includes director walk-ons, which is what I just talked, and they're really well done. They like fade out even, Mm -hmm. like into smoke. Um, picture-in-picture commentary, storyboards, interactive galleries, and more. So it's packed, really, with extras. I don't think there can be anything more that you would need, because the commentary is the animated walk-on thing. Well, I don't know, because I don't know everything that's in there, but... There'll be a lot of stuff, because I've watched Maximum Movie Modes before. I would like to see concept art for all the costumes and stuff. That will be in there. All right, right. Um, Definitely, in fact, because they do a lot of this. You know, we saw the still gallery. There'll be a lot Mm -hmm. of that. Um... So yeah, a ton of extras. It's not like Red Riding Hood last week that had nothing, hardly. A couple of music videos. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't any music videos here because the music is such a big part of the movie. But but they're not. They're all original. Yeah. Um, so in conclusion, it's a must buy for me. It's one of my <laughs> movies of this year so far. It seemed to make you very happy, and I know. And you said I'm going to watch the whole thing and listen to the thing. I said you're going to watch it. A whole bunch of times. Because yeah. you're just going to put it in and be like, oh god, I love I will this watch part. the maximum movie mode when I'm on my computer this week for sure. Um, what did you like? I loved it. I really did. I mean, you we're not talking about. No, nothing perfect about movie. it, or, you know, it's a surprise. No, I knew nothing about it. I mean, I listened to the soundtrack a couple of times because we got it, but it didn't really do much for me. I was like, okay, why are they remaking these songs? You know what I mean? I was listening yeah, to that. It all makes sense when you see it. Yeah, it does. I enjoyed it a lot, even with my tiredness. Um, I just think I do have a limited capacity for the extended action sequences, so I would have cut. And I maybe. wanted them to be a little bit longer. <laughs> but so, they're fantastic. I'm, I'm not saying they're, bo- they're. It's not like punch, 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 no, punch. No, it's super it's fun. Movie. Lots of stuff it's, going it's on. It's fun. It's grim. I'm just ready to get back to the talking. I was gonna say at the same time, it's 
Are you saying that it's a good movie for boys and girls then? Because like, there's a bit for both, like you know, bit for both to like. It probably is, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, some women would be completely offended that they, like you say, that they're scantily clad women yep. fighting, but it's part of the. I know women who would say they should never get themselves in that situation to begin with. <laughs> I didn't really have much of a choice. She we didn't. don't know all their stories. No, she didn't know. She didn't have much of a choice. Um, all right, so moving on. Thanks to Warner Brothers for the uh, Blu-ray uh, contest. See the site for details. We've got a new contest on the site, aschoolie.com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Cedar Rapids. Um, and I don't know anything, so don't tell me anything. You don't, but that's what it'll be, Cedar right. Rapids. Um, movie tagline fun for this week. This is where we, one of us, we alternate it week to week says a movie tagline, and the other one tries to guess it. We have not been successful yet. Will to we, win? I mean, to Your turn it. to give me a movie tagline. All right, then. Will I be successful this week? We shall see. You might be. I'll also uh, pause a little while to think about it, so you, the listener, can also <laughs> play along at home. You might get it right away. All right. There's my tagline. The future's most wanted fugitive. Future's most wanted future. Blade Runner? No, good guess. Good guess. I thought you were going to pause. <laughs> the Future's most wanted fugitive. Men in Black? No. That's a little after. Oh, that was a hint. What year? No, I don't know the year. Roughly. 90s. Not the 21st century. Is it the 90s, the zeros, or the. No, uh, 80s. 80s. Late 80s, oh. I think. I think. Late 80s. Do I know? Have I seen this? I believe so. You believe so? Yeah, this was your argument that you're never going to guess one that you haven't seen, but I disagree with Is that. Is it obscure? Not, not. People are yelling yeah, at their, people are yelling at their um, iPods now going, I know it, I know it. Um, the future's most wanted. Was Blade Runner and um, Men in Black a good guess? Blade Runner more... Because it's got a... Uh, I'm not comparing them quality-wise. <laughs> That'll give you another clue. Blade Runner being oh, up here. and It's not Demolition Man. No. Demolition Man's later as well. But that's a good guess as well. I don't know. You got it? You done? Yeah, I'm done. You want one more guess? Yeah. What? No, one more clue. <laughs> I want a clue. Oh, clue. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, what's a clue that um won't give it away fully? Um... Well, I've said this. This is the clue that other people have no idea. I have said that it's a movie ahead of its time. It's just not great quality. Thematically, and a lot of the ideas about our culture and technology. It was way ahead of its time. You give up? People don't want to sit and listen for this for a very no, long time. No, it's not running, man. No? No, go on, go on. Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, yeah, I hated that. <laughs> but... Ice tea. I'm telling you, watch it again, and whether I know it's shitty and everything, yeah, but shitty. T- seriously, people are getting that nervous, weird disease from so much um, data and w- wireless uh, radio waves and all that shit going through the air. And this was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So I feel like and now you can plug Early in the ni- late 90s. No, no, middle 90s, 80s, I believe. No, I don't think it was the 80s. I think mm-hmm. it was the 90s. I remember watching it. I hated it. People I liked the idea. I hated the movie. It just got really hokey yeah. and really weird. And, it got you know. hokey almost immediately. But the <laughs> idea of it was cool. I liked the idea. Yes. The downloading information to your head. Based on a William Gibson novel, I think. Oh, I don't know. Um, Neuromancer. I win again. Woo! 
Um, yeah, you do win, and I didn't get it. I was close. Uh, all right, so movie recommendations this week. My recommendations, based off Sucker Punch, is Sucker Punch. See Sucker Punch. <laughs> no, um, that is very creative. One, a movie that I love and most people don't, is uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, which is Angelina Jolie and Jude Law. That's correct, isn't correct. it? Jude Law. Um, See, I'm surprised you hang out of that because you despise the concept of the arc from 2012. I, but you dig I like the, the style of um, Sky Captain. It reminds me of like one of those old 50s cereals. Yeah. Flash Gordon or something. Not cereal that you eat like No, like, like Flash Gordon. Like <laughs> one of those TV shows. Like, uh, but like this awesome style Grand, of world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar to Sucker Punch. But 100% CGI that. That's a pre-Avatar 100%. Yeah, it was. Nothing was real. And it's so cool. It's, it's a cool movie. If you've not seen it, it's, it's quite a treat. I mean, they aren't CGI, but I mean, no. the everything that they're, they're in, nothing real. No, it's all green screens. Right. Yeah, uh, and my second one is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which... Of course. I knew, I knew I knew in the first ten minutes that was going to be... Which parallels Sucker Punch in a lot of ways, too, you know? It's got innovative fight scenes. It's got innovative... Um, fight scenes that are not traditional in the, the, in the theme, story. the theme of you have the power to make your life what you want yeah. is the same. Very similar. So, yeah. I it's got vegan jokes, which is funny. I think mine are very good uh, recommendations. They are. And mine are, because I wanted to think of another woman who's wronged and kicking ass, and what do we all want to think about? Not kick ass, but kill Bill. Because... The Wiggling of the Toe is one of my most memorable movie scenes of all time where she's just looking at her foot and just willing it to to move. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you It's a fantastic it. movie. Absolutely. I don't see it as two movies this. either. It's a one movie, yeah. Punching the inside of the coffin to try to get yourself yeah, uh, Is that number two? You're number two, yeah. Right. But I, I see it as one big movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you can't watch one and not watch the other. Although one can stand alone. You just don't it get can, the resolution. You want to yeah, see yeah. it all. Yeah. And then my other one is... Where'd they go? Oh, now, this isn't... Again, this isn't quality. What is this? This is the woman who we're talking about, who's from Sin City, the Carla... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carla Guingo? Guingo, I think. We need to figure out how to say her name, because I do like her. I have respect for her. She's been around a long time. Son-in-law with Polly Shore. She was in way back... And I do believe it was the 80s. I remember. And it's this dumb little comedy where... She brings this kind of loser guy back to meet her parents. She lives on the farm, and he becomes kind of endeared to them. But So she's really been going all that time. I've seen yeah, she's she, pretty young. I literally, think she's in Sin City was movies. the first time I feel like I saw her. Right, no, I, I think you know she's one of those in, enduring people, and I think uh, I want to see more and more of her. So those are my recommendations. Okay, so um, yeah, the fireworks are... Uh, full volume now. <laughs> so games and A-Scully stuff. This week was the new map pack for Call of Duty Black Woo! Ops. We're all very excited. Um, it came out on Tuesday. cost $15. This weekend was the double XP weekend. Um, so I've literally been playing Call of Duty Black Ops all week. I've played it. I can't tell you how many hours I've played it this week. But I've been. I know those maps back to front now. Um, if you like Black Ops, it, you have to buy it. It's just part of the... Um, you know, yeah. Black Ops experience, some new maps every now and then. Um, I can't really say... I can know. honestly say I've never played it once in my whole life. No, you've not. And I can say, I, I actually, it counts everything you do, right? So when I look in my stats, played for 
in total, gameplay hours, over nine days. It doesn't sound like very much, but, but when you think is. about you playing an hour at a time. For two hours and, you know. Now, over nine days, I've, like, some ridiculous, like... Nine days of your life, you will never get back. But was I, it worth it? Yes, it was so fun. <laughs> yes. 10,000 10, kills, you know. Okay, it, last week we watched Fred Riding Hood. Was it... You, that's an I hour. Have, I could have uh, two hours got two could, levels. Yeah, exactly. Black Ops that's two that. hours you'll never get back. Was it worth <laughs> it? No. So, yeah, I recommend Black Ops. I can't really say much. The new multiplayer maps, you shoot people, the end. Oh, wow. You know? That's shocking. One of the uh, maps is a, a, dri- a 50s driving theatre, which is really cool. It has the, the uh, screen and the projection booth and loads of places to hide out. You can go underneath the screen, on top of the screen. Cool, can you go uh, up inside the screen like they used to have people, yeah, there's people like used a, to live in there. Like know? a little thing. In they there. built the screen and it was like a house, a couple, a few of the places I've seen. And I've looked up like historic ones and whatnot. We had one sort of near where I grew up. It's a shame they don't inside exist. Inside of anymore. it, the back of it was like the roof and inside was like where they lived. You can go under there, in, in there. It's, it's like an unfinished basement when you're inside it though. Mm. Um it's a shame they don't. We don't have them. It isn't. I, I wonder why. Like nice because ones. people are assholes. Yeah, probably. And they wouldn't. You know. The thing that's projecting on the screen while you're playing is funny because it's the old fifties advert where it shows you a cartoon of a car, and then it shows you the little speaker that you hook on your window. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, "Don't be this person." And it's got the car driving away yeah. with the speaker. Like, that's still what I'm saying. Hooked. Do you think people are just too oh. disrespectful? Yeah. No, the, the, you could make a with- super fantastic one now, right? But with Wi-Fi. Oh, everything. But then, you've got people who can park a mile away, get their Wi-Fi cranked up, and watch it for free. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they could make some amazing drive-ins now, couldn't they, with the technology we have. Um, they should. That's I mean, I, I've never been to one in my entire life. Oh, it's, re- it's really... It's an experience you cannot even describe. Now, I've never been to one where we sat outside on the front of the car or in chairs, like some people take their chairs, because sitting in the car... I want to sit in the car. Watching a movie, it's like you... It's like... It's almost like, you know, when you go to someone's house and you're staying overnight and you're getting ready to go to bed and stuff and it just feels slightly unnatural even though it's like well I can get my pajamas on and go to bed in this little room they've let me sleep in and you just feel a little bit like it's should I shouldn't I it's, it feels you weird you tune the radio in for the audio you get your audio no no through you your get a speaker oh right okay just like in the little animation you get a little speaker you hang it over your window and then you could roll your window up and, it tri- and hang yeah, on the they glass they were saying don't be want. this person the one who right driving. or you could just hang it in there and you're sitting there and you get popcorn we'd get hot dogs a couple of times and you just it's almost like a surreal thing because you're thinking I'm in the car what kind of movies like anything um I saw comedy I saw one horror movie something like some the Disney exorcist at midnight in the in a outside it'd be awesome you know it would but then you have the issue of inappropriateness for roving eyes you know you can't show anything that's too risky oh really so well, you, could, you can't have a neighborhood right over there where kids can look out the window and see her vomiting out. Right. Mm. Crucifixing herself. Uh, it'd have to be one that's really remote that nobody can see. <laughs> An indoor drive-in where yeah. you can't drive your car. No, it's a really fun experience. And I know there are still some. They're dying, though, aren't they? It's a dying thing. I think they're yeah. literally a handful. Um, 
I mean, there was one on the way to your mum's, but it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone in the time I've been here. Like it was, it, it was, and it, it used to say open like three weeks in summer, and then it was yeah. nothing. Then it now it's kind of overgrown. And it was movies that were like two years old. Yeah, like, now, <laughs> now it's just dead. Like it's dead. the whole thing's gone. The right. screen's gone, and everything now. I took pictures of it though. I had this feeling. It was really getting decrepit and no one was mowing around it anymore. And one day we stopped um, and I took a bunch of pictures of it all falling down and stuff and the sign and everything. And now it's all gone. Um, So the other game, last week I played Shadows of the Damned. Not much to say about it apart from I finished it this week. And if you do finish Shadows of the Damned, just wait around till after the credits. Don't press A. Just wait (laughs) for the entire credits because there's a probably the best part of the game ah. occurs after the credits like it does in films nowadays where you wait till the end of the credits uh, and third I'm playing Zelda 3D on my 3DS uh, really enjoying it I can see why people think it's one of the best games of all time it really is a well structured game if you've got a Nintendo 3DS it's pretty much the game for it so far okay I have a weird comment outside of gaming right now I'm extra tired right I'm still listening to what you're saying but I just had the thought when I close my eyes all of a sudden, I feel a little more awake, and I can concentrate better. I open my eyes, and it's like flooded with all this information. It's almost like a computer with the ta- with different tasks running. If you got one that's kind of like bogging everything down, and you shut it off, and everything runs better, all this information's floating into my eyes. And if I close my eyes, I just feel a little more. Huh. <laughs> Is that tired talk? Probably sounds, <laughs> mad. sounds mad. delirious. So, um, what have you got for dinner? For dinner, we have dun, da, 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 curry from the Indian place, Indian food, and we got vegetable curry, vegetable korma, and uh, some of that stuff, the, the sauce and the dumplings. See, also, and I went there, and I got the buffet, and I ate a little bit. Oh, you already ate that? No, I just got like a, some, a couple things off the buffet. I got some pakora and stuff, you know, because he wanted, it was time to eat, really. And uh, he ordered this, I had him order the stuff you normally get with the vegetable fritters and the creamy sauce. And he loved the sauce. I mean, he it took a bite. What about and he, the He'd take a bite of one of them, and he's like, mmm. It's just vegetables inside. Yeah, but I think it has cloves in it or something, because it made his mouth feel kind of weird. It's hot. Is it spicy? That yeah, might have been bit. it then. Not but he hot, loved the sauce. Bit. He kept putting more rice on his plate and yeah. a little more sauce and a little more rice and a little more sauce. So, um, so we had that leftover as well, and I got nan bread. Um, and they didn't have the chutney. Because oh, no. we just got that's there, not, it was lunchtime. That's not even the same without that. Oh, I'm sorry, but they didn't. They she said they didn't have it yet. We just got there right when they opened. Don't. I know. Do we get Papa Dumps? No, they didn't do them at lunchtime. Oh, they had none. They had none on the buffet or anything. All right, so um, curry. What else? Curry. What else have you got? Uh, well, today, going to that town to go to the artisan and farmers market that they're having now at this kind of. They're trying to keep up the art community. It's it's a college town, so there's a lot of that there, creativeness. And we went into the, well, the farmer's market thing itself. There were only about ten vendors, but and we got there pretty much right after they opened, so there weren't loads of people. But it's only the second week, and it's a brand new thing. It's kind of out of the way, and it's... I feel torn because I think it's fantastic. We got some good stuff. I got some homegrown vegetables and I got a little peach pie. You know, you get like odds and ends and stuff. Austin bought himself a book that a girl drew, woman drew flowers that grow in Missouri, like these outline drawings of them, like real detailed. And then she made a little coloring book out of it and then had descriptions of each flower that she hand wrote and then she made copies. 
And we went through all the booths, and then we got to the end, and we got done with everything. And I said, was there anything that you saw that you want? And he goes, yeah, there actually is. And he went straight back and wanted that book. And we went over to the lady checking out for this whole booth, and it was the artist. Right. And she goes, oh, thank you so much. I That was one of mine, and I had a really good time with that and everything. So I love that. And we went into this art gallery slash studio that's right there in the same area called Artlandish Gallery. And it's just, you know... As much as I love you and certain members of my family and lots of my, and my, my friends, art is like the most satisfying thing to me. And I can't, I can't, I don't know how to explain it. I go into a place that's full of art. And it's like the basement, this grungy kind of dungeony basement of this old building. And they've made it into an art gallery and a studio working area and all that. And it's all these little crooks and crevices, like a cave and different things, you know, almost. Right. And they've got art hanging everywhere and different things. One area is jewelry, one area is tie-dye, one area is pottery. I saw this little vase thing, picture, and I was just immediately drawn to it. And I, I always cringe because artsy people, for some reason, charge a lot of money for things. And I don't like that concept. And so I thought, oh, God, that picture. I mean, I, I just went straight for it. It's kind of green and it's the patchwork kind. It's got some strange feet. It's got little feet, but it's not a throne pot. It's like she takes slabs of clay, hand stuck them together, and made this pitcher. It's sturdy and everything. It's got little chubby feet on it, and it's green with this really cool texture. And I just thought, oh, God, okay, I'm going to buy myself something. I want to support this cause. I want to support the artist. If it's not over $20, you know, and I'm like, and it's, you know, it's half a gallon of liquid would probably fit in it, maybe a little less than right. that, maybe. And, um, I turned over the tag thinking, oh, God, it's going to be $150 or something. And it was 15 excuse me, I think it's dollars. And I just picked it up. And I and you had to walk around this big, long area and go all the way upstairs to pay. So I was holding on to it like a baby because I'm like, oh, my God. I want <laughs> right? I don't want them to think I'm stealing it. But I was holding on to it kind of like up next to me. So I got that. And uh, at the farmer's market, we got some vegetables and stuff. And that was... And then we went to this one place that's like a consignment, flea markety, antique junk shop place where they've got over 200 booths inside this big warehouse. Each booth has its own, you know. And uh, we were both really tired, but it's fascinating to me that the world is so full of objects. It is. The most, you just can't, you couldn't imagine. I don't think anyone can imagine, even a glass expert, right? A person who loves blown glass or manufactured glass. How many different shapes of glasses there are in the world. Like, literally, I think we saw hundreds of shapes of little shot glasses and Bergen, or wine glasses and drinking glasses. And you think to yourself sometimes, why do we need so many? But that's creativity for you, I guess, you know. Even amongst all those things, I couldn't find what I was looking for. But Which was? Some video game paraphernalia for a certain person. Oh, maybe. Right. Yeah, you know, funny enough, there was nothing. We saw two movie posters, but they had way too high prices on them. Oh, were they like? They old weren't ones? original. Yeah, they weren't even original. They were just reprints, and they were in frames like that, but like for seventy dollars. Right. So I didn't. That didn't turn me on. So that was really fun. It was actually really fun, and we got home just in time for the big storm to hit. Yep. And that's it. So uh, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites: aschoolie.com, sitart.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook. Xbox Live, YouTube, the internet. Catch Just us do on, a search for catch us on the internet. Sid Talk is C I D T A L K, by the way. 
And A Scully is A S C U L L Y. I'm at A Scully on Twitter. You're at Sid Talk on Twitter. On <laughs> Facebook. I'm at Sid Talk somewhere else. Um, you can catch this podcast if you don't already know, which would be really hard if you've got this somehow. Correct. Anyway, you can listen to it on ascully.com. Just click on the word podcast, listen to it. Or you can go to the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, and that is it. Well, anywhere where podcasts are, yeah. you will find us in the listing. You reckon? Yeah, I've added us to a lot of listings. You can pretty much find us anywhere. Uh, you can email feedback to me at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She's too tired for your email. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I want to say uh, stay classy, Zack Snyder. Looking forward to a Superman movie by you. And Sucker Punch is mind-blowing. I love it. I- I'm going to watch it again this week. I love it when you love things. Do you love it when I love things like art? Yes. I don't love art more than you, by the way. I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying. I didn't say you did. In my whole of my life, it has been the thing that I walk amongst art anywhere I go, and I am at complete ease and all that kind of stuff. I just love it. And I... Did you say what you are going to say? Yeah, stay classy, Zack Snyder. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, people. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>